Brent, you there? I am. Awesome. It's working. I love it. All right. So basically what I'll do is just hit a quick intro and we'll roll. <laughs> Perfect. Inaugural episode. Get Yay. your game right. A couple of uh, baseball guys. All right, everybody. So today on the show, get your game right. It's time to get your game right, get your mind right. Start focusing on things that will produce results as opposed to things that will drive you nuts. Today on the show, I'm honored to have pitching coach Brent Kimnitz. This guy's got about 38 years under his belt at the Division I level, all at Wichita State. He is, to my knowledge, the winningest pitching coach of all time in uh, Division I college baseball. Been to several college World Series, 20-plus, maybe 30-plus big leaguers. Who knows? This guy's done everything that every dad has ever wanted to do in their life when they start coaching. Uh, Brent, it's an honor to have you on the show, man. I'm ready to get after this. I'm excited. Hey, thrilled you're having me. And, yes, 38 years. I tell everybody I started coaching when I was four years old. But uh, been a great run. Seven College World Series. We did win the national championship in 1989. Uh, Wichita State, uh, I think we had 16 pitchers that were big leaguers. I have a couple more that uh, may make it. So to add my total up, uh, you know, since I went over into development. But uh, and then I had 10 more big leaguers in Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, back, nice. Yeah, back in the 80s. I guess yeah. my claim to fame there is I had Randy Johnson back in 1984. Uh, I tell everybody I had Randy Johnson before he was Randy Johnson, uh, but a good run. Uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything and thrilled you're having me. Yeah, dude. So basically, uh, you know, with, with what you do, uh, the strategies you used for all those years of coaching, uh, just kind of break down what your philosophy, as far as you, you get some talent, you know, a guy's got to have some sort of ability to be able to play, you know, our whole goal here is to maximize whatever that ability is, obviously with, with what you do, what's your philosophy as far as what, at whatever talent level they have, you know, what have you seen has produced results uh, to get, get something out of a player? Well, you know, I was also a recruiting coordinator here for most of the years that I was here. So when we'd bring in pitchers on visits, I mean, Wichita state's very visible. I mean, we, Won a ton of games, you know, like we mentioned earlier, you know, went to the College World Series, won a national title. So everybody knows what you're all about. So I would always tell the pitchers coming in on visits, I said, hey, if you do your homework, people will tell you Brent Kenneth is a brain guy. And I, I love that. I always took pride in that. I go, that's absolutely right. And I said, when you're finished pitching here, you're not through with me. I'm, I'm with you in pro ball. I'm with you in life. You know, we're going to be – we're going to be tight from now on, kind of like me and you, even though you didn't pitch. But to, to answer your question, I kind of worked backwards. Back when I pitched, and I wasn't near as good as the guys that I coached, but when I was pitching well, I'd go back to, what am I thinking about? Well, the answer is nothing. I mean, I'd ask guys, okay, when you're dealing, what are you thinking about? And, you know, some of them would take a second. they go, nothing. i go, exactly. So I would work backwards and try to get to that point. Now, you know, a lot of people said, well, he, he wasn't that big on mechanics. Well, that couldn't be farther from the truth. But my deal with pitchers coming in was I can't wait to get out of your head on mechanics. We've got to get something that works for you. I said, you turn on a TV and you watch any big league game. They don't look the same. Everybody looks different. 
So uh, I'm not going to clone you, but we got to figure out what works for you. But the three main things that I would talk about in a guy's deliveries, number one, be under control. And, you know, that could be small step to the side, small step back, but whatever. Be under control. The second thing, get to a good position of balance or power. And everybody got there different. And then the third thing, get yourself in a position to throw downhill, throw with leverage. And then I'd add, you know, and stay online and finish. But those three things. And I said, once we get to that point, we're going to figure out what works for you. Like I said, everybody's a little different. And then make it repeatable. I mean, I hated it when guys were constantly looking the dog out. Or they, they had this need to go look at video all the time. I hate that. Know what your correction is. The catcher needs to know what the correction is. Because in pitching, you need pace. You've got to have pace. When you're playing center field, you want the guy to get on the mound, throw the ball. You're going to get their best defense when guys have pace. So know what your correction is. Make it immediately. Don't throw eight balls and have to have the catcher or the pitching coach come out. Know your correction. So from a mechanical standpoint, that was my big deal. And then what I told everybody when we got that done, and sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. But once we got to that point, I always felt like I could talk guys up a level because the brain is going to be the key. I don't care if you're a salesman. I don't care if you're a mailman. I don't care if you mow yards. Whatever the case, whatever you decide to do in life, you've got to have your brain right. And as a pitcher, golfer, tennis player, it doesn't matter. Anything in sports, the, man, the, the brain is going to be the difference maker. Because I was fortunate. At Wichita State, I dealt with talent. Like I said, those guys were all better than me. But the other people we played had talent, too. And this can go all the way back to, you know, you're five, six, seven, eight years old. You know, there's going to be varying degrees of talent, but the guys that are going to win are the guys that have got it figured out mentally. So there's a hundred things that I'd talk about mentally, but it's not one of those deals where you just give it to them and, all right, we're done, man. You got it? No, that's a daily deal. You got to continually enforce it, be there for them, but it's fun because you, you see guys, in my case, 17-year-olds come in and then 21 or two years, you know, four or five years later, Dude, they're ready to go out and conquer the world. Like I say, not only in sports, but in life. So the mental side is a daily thing, but to me, it's a true difference maker. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, you know how I feel on a lot of this stuff. I love, I love the way that you handle mechanics. A lot of people, you know, they try to micromanage mechanics because they don't, they don't know how to teach anything else. They've never thought about teaching anything else. I, I genuinely believe that there are a lot of guys capable, a lot of coaches capable of teaching mechanics to, to a certain degree. I think what, what happens with a, lot of, with a lot of people is they don't know how to teach the other aspect of, of, on the mind side. Like you said, it's a, daily, it's a daily battle with your mind. Your mechanics to a degree, my swing was what it was. I could tweak it here and there. I could do some small things with it. And I love how you break it down into achievable, simple tasks like pace, like keep your pace right. Stay in line as opposed to saying you need to stride in this hole every single time. Just stay in line. You know, things like that that simplify the mechanical process enough to do exactly what you said, which is get the mechanics out of your brain, 
make them repeatable and simple. So that way, when there is a correction, you know, for a pitcher, you're opening that front side up quick, boom. Okay. He's open the front side up. The catcher sees it. You see it. Everybody in the stands that knows anything about baseball sees it. He's missing high and arm side, simple fix. Okay. Stay in line. Keep my front shoulder closed a little bit. Right. As opposed to, as, as opposed to where's my slot? Where's my arm angle? Where's how am I how am I how am I uh, coming out of the glove? Like all those little tiny things can be alleviated by thinking about something a little bit simpler and bigger. Know how to repeat it exactly right. And you know, one of my big deals, not only on on keeping it simple, and and not only you know knowing what your correction is, but it, like I say, exactly what I said. What I would tell guys forever when I'd speak at conventions or when dads would come to my camp, because I always encouraged the moms and the dads and the brothers and the coaches to listen to what I had, you know, to say to the kids too. And I talked to kids seven years old on up, but my deal was that they have got to know the correction. But the number one thing is this, it doesn't matter how smart you are. You can be the smartest guy in the world and have doctorates and write books but your success is going to be determined by what the kid understands. If you're trying to give all this information to a seven-year-old and he's like, man, that's the smartest guy I've ever listened to in my life. I have no idea what he just told me. Hey, that worked for, I, I, I remember going to coaches conventions and this is after I'd been at Wichita state and we had won national titles. We had had ERA leaders. We had had all Americans you know, this great pitching program. I listened to guys speak and I was like, that guy's brilliant. What did he just say? <laughs> I have no idea. I am yeah. clueless. But what drove me crazy is everybody go out and buy their books and their videos. And I promise you, they had no idea what they were saying, but they were salesmen, not, not on salesmen on getting the kid right salesmen on, on their pocketbook. So my deal was our success is determined what that guy determined or, or what the guy could figure out. And that goes all the way up to the big leagues. I was never as good as an Andy Dirks. You played in the big leagues, but all you guys, and nobody knows this more than you do. When you guys would come back and you're a position guy, but pitchers, I'd say, all right, what'd you learn? What do you got for me? The number one thing I'd get is, man, they left me alone. I loved it. But sometimes they go, oh, this guy's killing me. He's, He's trying to get my mechanics right, and another guy's telling me something different, and I'm lost. You know, I'm trying to keep everybody happy, but I'm lost. The guys that succeeded, they could, they had enough confidence to know what they needed to do, and could stay the course, be be polite and respectful of the people teaching them. But you have got, if you're going to be successful as a little league coach, a dad, a salesman. You have got to know your people and you've got to make it fun and you've got to make it where it makes sense to them. And I think if there's one thing that that was the biggest reason we had success at Wichita State, it was a steady program. People knew what they were going to get. And, and it's work. I mean, a lot of people, when they get into the mechanics thing and you hit it right at the start of, of, of this, some people don't know the interpersonal relationships and you really get exposed more. So they'll just dive into mechanics and make a mechanics thing. But you, you paralyze the guys because they probably are a good chance. They don't understand what you're saying, but what they need is a solid base on mechanics and understand it's important. It's to me, it starts with playing catch. 
It's it's yeah. six, seven years old in the backyard. Play catch the right way. Step to who you're throwing, line up, square up, you know, get the ball out in front, finish, stay on line, all the same stuff. It's playing catch when you're a little kid in the backyard. That's where it starts. And then just just emphasize that and build up your arm strength. But then once you get past that, go to work on the mental side. And as I as I progressed through the years, I kept adding stuff. And as you know, I had what I call my brain. And it started out with like five items in 10. I started in 1988. And now I think I have like 400 and some things. And it's just simple stuff like presence on the mound or confidence at the end or look the part, whatever the case may be. But it's stuff that you drill in their head every single day. Yeah, I, it has to be a daily process to get to get the mental side of the game right. It has to be something you're aware of every single day. If it's not, if it's not, it's never going to build the right way. Uh, your focus is going to deter. But uh, one one thing that uh, a big a big thing that uh, I believe in is especially for for the kids and and young guys coming up, you have to learn how to become what I would call an independent ball player. And basically, what that means is along the way, along your journey, whatever that may be, uh, whether you're a first round draft pick out of high school or you're going to go play some NAIA baseball somewhere, or you're just trying to get on the JV squad at your high school, you have to realize that your success is dependent on, on you. It's not, you, you don't get it. You don't get to choose for the most part who your coach is going to be or who your dad is, or, you know, so like what you said about learning yourself, learning, learning some corrections, uh, learning to adjust within yourself. And that's all the mindset, you know, that's, that's the first step for me to what's going to make a ball player good. Just like you said, you the guys go to the big leagues. Some guys say they stayed out of my, my way. I loved it. It's because they were, they were already there. They already were that independent ball player. They didn't need padded on the back all the time. They knew their adjustments. If there was a tweak, one of the coaches might help them. But in my journey through pro ball, all coaches aren't created equally. There's not a guy that's going to be able to communicate with you the right way all the time. That's when you kind of got to take it on yourself and hopefully – hopefully through the process of other things, you've kind of learned this, right? To, like you said, be respectful, be, be aware uh, of, of what they're trying to tell you, but you have to put it into your own game, what works for you, what's going to work and apply in your game, not necessarily just buy into every single philosophy you hear because the guy has a doctorate in, in, in engineering and can show you the best launch angle that you should be throwing at. Yeah, and you, you you hit so many things right there. Number one thing, and I call it little league mentality. You go to the park, you love playing, you're excited to go there. You know, I always tell people, hey, when you're seven years old, you knew where to play in outfield because it's where the bear spot was. Yeah. You know? But and you, and you put your glove on your on your bicycle and you roll down there and you got your Ty Cobb and your Mickey Mantle rookie cards in your spokes and you're like, you know, and you're like, you're not knowing you're losing the, you know thousands of dollars but it's that it's that little league mentality man you yeah. can't wait to go out there and play with your boys and and one of my big things i had with the guys forever is when you come to the park every day have a plan you know i don't want to make it when i say it's simple and all that i don't want to make it sound like you're not still a student of the game every day pick something up come out there with a, an idea i'm not just going to come out here today and go through the motions because then you get bad habits and you go the wrong way. My deal was when you come out to the park every day, we're going to have fun. 
but you're going to leave better or worse. If, if you come out there, you know what, today I've been a little slow getting to those bonds. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get my feet right. I'm going to work on my footwork. When I throw my pin, I know I got to be quicker to the plate. I'm a little out of control with my delivery. I'm going to keep my hands more under control, whatever the case may be. Come out with a plan because then when you practice, you're doing it the right way and you're going to repeat it instead of just going out there and getting bad habits. And, and honestly, this is a brain workout too. The guys that are most consistent are the guys that have the best focus. You know, I told you a little bit ago, I'm a big pace guy, but it's the next pitch. Clean out the one before. Next pitch. Don't talk yourself into a slump. But, you know, there's work involved, but it should be fun. My biggest deal when I talk to little leagues, and, I, you know, I do a lot of that over the years, and I still do it some, I say – make sure they have a good experience. I don't want some six, seven, eight-year-old kid dreading going to the park. It's hot already in the summer, but they should have fun. It should be a good experience. Yes, they need to learn the rules and the fundamentals. That's great. But don't drill your kid on the way home where he's just like, oh, I don't want to play baseball next year. And I see that. You know, a lot of times when I'm going out recruiting – and I'm at a big complex, and maybe the game I need to see is an hour or two away. I'll walk around and watch the little kids. And there's a lot of great coaches, a lot of guys that make it that way, but there's also a lot of guys that's more about them. It's like they're, yeah. they're living through their kid, and, and he strikes out, and they're, like, making a big show, and, and you can just see that the kid is, is in a painful situation. And I promise you he's dreading the ride home, and probably doesn't want to come the next night. And then all of a sudden, a year or two later, he's like over it. It's like, I, baseball, man, it, you know, if I play another sport, I'm not exposed like this. But in baseball, I struck out and everybody let everybody down or I couldn't throw strikes. Man, it's on us as parents, coaches, to make sure they learn the game but have a fun experience where they continue to play. No doubt. No doubt. A lot of that too is just uh, reality and expectations. A lot, you know. Uh, I see parents a lot of times. It's hard to uh, to take yourself out of the parent role because uh, you want what's best for your kid. You think you know what's best for your kid, but it's hard to take take yourself out of that role sometimes and look at them uh, through the eyes of maybe a coach or somebody else. Everybody thinks their kid's the best, right? Uh, little yes, Johnny, yes, yes. little little Johnny, uh, my son is basically the next Derek Jeter. Uh, he's going to be the shortstop on the squad. He's going to, you know, be the the homecoming king. He's going to be the star quarterback. That's what we see our our kids as being in our eyes because a lot of times we you know we love them that much. We want what's best for them, but it it's that reality and expectations. Like what what is what is what should be your expectations as a parent? when your kid's involved in a, in a, in an activity, it should be for their enjoyment, right? At the end of the day, learn some skills, learn some aspects of life. But at the end of the day, the more you can remove yourself from what they should be enjoying, the better off they're going to be. Yeah. And I was, yeah. I was glad, I was so glad my parents were always that way. And it, to be honest, it was beneficial in my career. Like, well, and, and you see it all the time. And once again, I mean, I, when we get kids at the Division One level, I call them kids. By the time we get them, they're young adults. But 
they need to have the basics, know how to play the game. Yes, we love Andy Dirks. He's very competitive, and he's got fire, and he wants to win. But somebody that loves the game, and you love the game by having a good experience. And sure, winning helps, but, you know, you can't control in Little League and high school a lot of times how your team's going to be. So what you want to do is create an environment where they get better, they're respectful, they hustle, get on and off the field. That drives me crazy when it's a slow, draggy game. Tuck your uniform in, look to part, all the stuff that the controllables. Yeah. And then as you go up, you're going to learn to, you know, the right things, the way to play the game the right way. But make it fun. Now, I didn't uh, – I have two daughters. One's 14, one's 17, and they've done all the sports, volleyball, soccer, tennis. Yeah, you know, they've done it all. They, they play basketball. And I, I'm proud to say I'm not that parent that's up there screaming and yelling at the referees and certainly not the coach. And they want to ride home with me after the game because – the only thing I may say, if it's a good game, I'll say, honey, good game, proud of you. And if they know better, I usually wait a little bit and don't even talk about the game. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I'll say is I'll say, all right, you want uh, Sonic or Freddy's, you know, mm -hmm. and, and we'll go to wherever and I let them bring it up because they're going to. Yeah. And they're like that. I wasn't very good at night. I got, don't worry about that. Do you want vanilla or do you want a little chocolate or you want a mix? <laughs> Knowing yeah. fully that I'm going to get to it, but timing's everything. As a pitching coach, I never, never is too strong, but if a guy had a bad game, I'd say, we'll talk tomorrow. I say, you're mad. I'm mad. Nothing good's going to come out of the night. Now, sometimes it was tough, you know, competitive environment. But as a whole, the next day you have a lot clearer picture. Now, if I did happen to go off on a guy and it, you know got a little intense, which it, at any level it can, but for sure Division One, and I'm sure it did at the big league level. But the next day, I'd always ask the guys, "So was I too hard on you?" I would always circle back. I can't remember one time a guy saying, "Yeah, man, that was you were way too hard on me." They go, "No, I deserved it." But that's the Division One level. I'm dealing with elite athletes. So at, at a lower level, I just don't see benefits of making it painful that night. Now, when they were ready to talk about it, I'd say, well, here's what I saw. And the number one thing I would always say is, you know, now this is girls. Is, well, you got to be more aggressive. You know, you're a little bit passive. Um, I could see your body language. I don't want to be able to walk into the game a little late and know what kind of game you think you're having based on your body language. I want positive energy, be a good teammate, look your coach in the eye. These are the things you can control. That was always my message. And then a little bit into it, I'd say, but Hey, you always struggle with your right hand. You better work on that left. People are going to see that. And yeah. when you're shooting free throws, use your legs, you know, you're stiff. So yeah, I'd get into some of that, but from the mental standpoint, it was always, it was always be respectful of your coach, be a good teammate. Uh, I don't, I don't want you happy if you scored 16 points and lost. And if you won and scored four, you're all upset. This is a team thing. This is a we. So, you know, those are the messages. But once again, it always comes back to, are we giving them life experiences they're going to carry with them? Because that's the other thing. How many guys 
and, and they have statistics on this, how many athletes that play in Little League play in high school? I mean, they're probably a good portion, but not real high. How many high school kids go on a play in college? It goes way down. And if you talk about Division One, way down from that, and, and pro or big leagues, it's not even worth talking about. It's a good dream, don't get me wrong. And, and every kid that would come in, I'd say, look, we've had 16 guys pitch in the big leagues. I'm proud of that. Nobody around here can say that, okay? If I cheat and use my Alaska years, I can say 26. I said, so the proof's in the pudding. But that's not worth putting the bank on. you got to get your degree. you got to get your uh, the real insurance policies taking care of business and life. And then, the, hey, let's see how far we can take the pitching thing. And we'll work every day, and that's a great goal. That's a great dream. But make sure we're getting all the right things done along the way. And that's certainly what I would tell any parent that's raising, you know, baseball player, softball player, tennis, football, whatever. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, the the whole idea, the whole premises of when you're when your brain's right and you're doing things like you said, if somebody walks into the basketball game and they can tell that, that you've scored two points and turned the ball over a couple times right before halftime, but your team's winning and your body language is awful, that, that right there in, in my brain just shows you where, where your mental state's at, where your capacity's at. It's not very high. You know, what you got to do is, is alleviate some of that, that stress that you're putting on yourself. You can take the pressure off through your teammates. And the same way you can take their pressure off by lifting them up sometimes. So if you're not having a great game, you got to realize, you know, the, the, uh, the other people on the team, they might be doing amazing. What can I do that day to help that guy who's in drain mode? You know, there's that guy, sometimes you just are lighting it up, you know, hitting threes, whatever. Find a way to get that guy the ball. Then what happens is it opens your game up. Absolutely. I, the, the whole team aspect and what a lot of guys don't realize, especially in baseball, because it is a rare game where it's a bunch of individuals to a point playing as a team. I've never come across a guy who was really successful that didn't have a team aspect in his brain. Even I'm talking the Miguel Cabreras of the world, all these guys, they're a wealth of knowledge and they're constantly, constantly trying to help people around them. What that does, you know, those daily reminders that you were talking about, not only is that helping you helping your teammate it's refreshing their brain of saying oh you know hey you know it looks like uh, you're pulling off a little bit maybe you need to relax that front side on the mechanical side or hey what's going on today man like you, you just don't look like you're there you know whatever it is but that's telling them that's refreshing your brain when you're there for a teammate it's refreshing your brain about the positive energy that you can bring to the game you can bring to that that teammate over and over on a daily basis. And what that does is it helps you wake up when you do struggle and you have a bad game to have a purpose to go to the field with a good attitude the next day. You bring a couple great points up. First of all, the whole positive energy thing, you, you epitomize that. I always tell the story of when I came to watch you play about five, six years ago with the Tigers at, at Kauffman stadium and you tripled the lead off the game and you got energy over there at third and you're like, all right, you know, and, and it just gave me energy. It gave everybody around you energy. Well, you did the same thing when you're in college. You know, those those bus rides we took could drain you. 
And on a Sunday, you'd get on the bus and go, we get to play baseball again today. Is everybody ready to go? And it, it was great as a coach because you picked him up, and it's like, all right, Dirks has got it. So that's number one. Everybody loves positive energy, whether it's, you know, you're working in a factory or you're working, you know, paving streets or a roofer. Everybody likes that guy that's fun and happy to, you know, he's, a, he, he's fun to be around. But the other point you made, and I don't want this to, to slide by, and I do this all the time as a coach, you empower someone like, say there was a guy that struggles flying open, but he doesn't really like, he knows it all and really acts like he doesn't want to be coached. What you do to that guy is you say, hey, here's the deal couple years ago you flew out all the time but you've worked so hard on it you're so much better at it what i want you to do is take this new guy take him under your wing he's yours so to speak and i'm empowering you every day to tell him what you did well what that does is exactly what you just said every day he's refreshing to the guy but the coaching secret is you're really refreshing the guy that struggles with it and then he's going to be on a mission to make sure that he does it right because he's helping the guy two years younger than him. I do that all the time. Some guys just don't like to be coached. So you got to trick it, so to speak, and have them do that with younger guys because it's a constant reminder to them all the things that, yeah, hey, I used to do the same thing, but here's what I did. So you're helping both of them. Empower those guys. That's genius. That is genius. Whenever, whenever you give more purpose and, you know, we strive on what are our purposes? Like you said, it all boils down to focus. You said every day that you go to the field, have a purpose. And I love that. It's not just, it's not just showing up. Even when you're in little league, your, your, your focus is to have fun with your boys and to learn the skills of the game, you know, learn the rules, learn the skills, learn the things that you need to do to build a foundation of baseball and then to have a good time. Right. The no. purpose, why are you there? If you're in high school, uh, what's your purpose? Are you going to the field uh, and you're going to go take BP and your head's not really in it? You're never going to see results. You're never going to get better the way you, you think you want to get better. You might be thinking you're working hard. You're never going to separate yourself from anybody. If your mentality is let's go to the field, uh, knock out a, a, this seven-inning game and go home and that's it, and there's nothing more – about it than just showing up, going through the motions and going home. You're never going to separate yourself from all the other guys. And the big misnomer and part of this program, part of the whole idea of this program is everybody's doing the same thing, right? We're all taking the same reps. We're all playing the same games. We're all doing the exact same stuff that everybody teaches. How do you go from that pool of people with whatever talent you have and step out of that pool and achieve more than what maybe you should achieve. Get better on a daily basis. Like it, it drives me nuts when I see guys that think if I just take a hundred swings a day, a hundred ground balls and just do that over and over and over and over, I'm just going to get better. Okay. Those are the skills. Everybody's doing that. Every single person who cares about baseball is doing the same stuff. They're working hard in that manner. What they're not doing 
is that daily focus, that purpose. Why am I at the field today? Well, if you're the guy who was flying open your whole life and you empower that guy to show somebody else, now he's got a purpose every day he goes that field. I'm going to do everything in my power to not fly open and it's going to make it better. Right? So it's the mindset, small things create big results. Absolutely. Right. And, and, and to answer your question, yes, there's so much information out there now. Everybody's, you know, they can go to everything in the world. There's books, there's videos, there's podcasts, there's everything in the world. There's showcase teams, there's tryouts, you name it. It's out there now. But the one thing that I continue to believe will separate guys that is still not played up like it should be is the mental side. And that is going to be the difference maker because there's tons of talent out there. And I'm friends with a lot of pro scouts and pro scouts and powerful positions. And from the pitching standpoint, they'll say you'd be stunned how many guys still 95-plus now. And they're in double-A. Nobody knows about them. But then there's guys throwing 88-92, getting people out in the big leagues because they can command their pitches. They come ready every day. They have the mental side. They figured that out. So the more that we can drill that, and it just comes from daily preparation, just go in with the mindset of, okay, I'm going to come in here, and, and i got to get better every day. And the whole empowering guys helps, but it's it's just a, it's just a mindset. It, it's like sitting down to study. Is it going to take you thirty minutes to do your pro, problems or two and a half hours? It depends on if you lock in. But it's habits. You know, if if we're like doing one problem and then we're spacing off and go watch TV and then we're going to go get a snack, well, homework consumes your whole night. But if you're like, okay, I'm going to lock in, I'm going to do this, and it's just a habit, you can have them done in 30 minutes. But it's, it's preparing yourself to know that that's important. A lot of times when I speak, I'll say, okay, I just spoke to you guys for 40 minutes. How many people in this group heard everything I said for 40 minutes? And there's a few hands, and I believe it. I said, how many heard me for 30 to 35 and spaced off three or four times. And that's probably a pretty good group. And then I said, how many of you people didn't listen to me at all? Well, uh, those are the people that don't raise their hand because they're not listening to you then. They, they don't know whether to raise their hand or not raise their hand because they're just spaced off the whole time. But it's just something that you've got to make a priority. And think about it. The, if you ask any coach, any coach, I don't care what level, What's your favorite thing about this player, that player, anybody, whether it's your superstar or it's your middle reliever, we know what we're going to get. If we know this guy, sure, you want Verlander. Well, he's going to go out every in, – in college baseball, we call it a Friday night guy. In the big leagues, it's your number one starter. We know what we're going to get. Yeah, it's probably a three-hit shutout, and that's beautiful. But – also, you know, you look at the Royals several years ago, they had the seventh inning guy, the eighth inning guy, the, the ninth inning guy. And Wade Davis was maybe the best pitcher in baseball. And he was a one inning guy. Yeah. But you embrace your role. You make it important. But the number one thing you do as a coach and as a player, a dad, they know what they're going to get. You come ready to go and you have consistency. Yeah. I love it. So last point, just to wrap this whole thing up, I think 
a good takeaway from this for coaches, players, whoever, you know, creating that independent ball player, or if you're a coach, you would have a segment before practice every day for your pitchers. And it was called flow, but yes, it's one of those things. Make it a priority. It doesn't take long because we all want to get to the field and hit right away. We all want to get to the field and start playing catch right away. What would be wrong with five to 10 minutes like you did for 30, whatever years of having a simple time to discuss the mental aspects, right? Just elaborate on your flow segment a little bit, and maybe some of these guys can incorporate it. I did it at the first because I wanted it to be important. Sometimes if you wait till after practice, guys are already lost. They're mentally tired. They maybe feel like they had a bad practice, good practice, whatever, but they're, they're tired mentally, physically, whatever. I would start out with that every single day. And I'd start out with just some basics, like, all right, who's getting bullpens today? I'd go around the horn and check, check arms. But it might be five minutes, it may be 20, but never much longer. And I'd just go around the horn and have my bullet points for the day. Like one, maybe confidence at the end. I said, what's that mean? Well, every coach in the world talks about confidence. Confidence at the end is when you release a pitch, it has that little jump, that little hop. I always brought up Greg Maddox as my example because you do it like you knew and you believed. We had a basketball here, uh, basketball player here who was Valley Player of the Year in 2006. He'd have been right before you, a guy named Paul Miller. It was a guy, it, and our basketball team went to the Sweet 16, and he also came here and pitched. He said, hey, when I retired a couple years ago, he said, listen. He said, I thought of you every time I shot free throws. I go, what? He goes, yeah, confidence at the end. I go, really? I said, do you mind if I use you as an example? He said, no, absolutely. So my point is it, it carries on with different sports, but confidence at the end. One day it may be, you know, short memory and a sense of humor. You got to get over it, man. Everybody's going to strike out with the bases loaded. Everybody's going to walk a guy, hit a guy. You better learn from it and move on. You better be able to laugh at yourself and just say, okay, I'm going to learn from that. Because I'm not that guy that when you, when you have a bad game, just say, forget it. I'm not that guy. You got to learn from it first. Okay, what could we have done different? What's our approach? Well, then once you get into that, then it's like, okay, get it out of your head. But I would give five or six of those a day, and I had – over years, I, I got over like 400 of them on a list. But it was fun. Guys love that. And as you know, I'd have position guys come in and sit on it, sit in and didn't even have to. Yeah, I used to sit. Even guys in Pro Bowl. I had big yeah. leaguers coming back. Dryford and those guys would come back, Pelfrey, and they'd say, hey, can I sit in on flow today? i go, absolutely. So it, it was fun for me, and it was amusing, but it was so valuable, and I just think it was a – a segment that I just think that guys need to understand in my mind, that's a true difference maker. Beautiful. Beautiful. Brent, thank you so much uh, for being on. We're, we're going to have you multiple times. Uh, we just are starting to scratch the surface of the wealth of knowledge this guy's got. If you thought that was at all good, uh, there's going to be way more coming. Thank you so much for listening. Brent, always a pleasure, man. My Go pleasure. Always tonight. great. Go do something. Always great catching up. You know, I love you. All right. Later, Brent. All right, man. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, This is Get Your Game Right.